center and coming in is Bloom. Newendike centered it. Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. This hour of Flames Talk underway. Welcome to March. It's Wednesday, March 1st with Wes Gilbertson of Post Media. My name is Pat Steinberg and welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Calm. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios on this Wednesday. And once again, Wes, it's Calgary goaltending in the spotlight. Are you aware of this being a talking point for Flames fans this year? Whether it's uh, whether it's on this program, whether it's on the message boards, whether it's on call-in shows. It feels like it's been a little bit of a topic at times this year. That just That's been my sense. That's been my read on things. I'm new to the market. I'm new to the um, I'm new to the scene, but that's one of the things I've picked up on. Would uh, would we have to throw away too much of our merch if we changed it to goaltending talk? Yeah, we don't do merch. Uh, that uh, you know, when you're like, if you got a snappy name like the Big Show, then you get merch. then you get merch. Flames talk, no merch, no merch, eh? no merch. Um, you know what's funny. We know how well the Flames played against Boston, and we know that Dan Vladar allowed two to start the game, and he only played the 20 minutes, and, and we know that Jacob Markstrom comes in to relieve him after 20. In fact, that was the first time this year that Jacob did that. I think it's happened twice or three times the other way where Vladar has come in to relieve Markstrom, but that was the first time that Markstrom came into a game as it started to relieve Vladar. So the, the script kind of flipped in that regard. So there's 21 games to go, and it sounds like the Flames, at least according to their head coach, sounds like they're done flip-flopping between the two guys, at least for now. Uh, You tell me if that's how you interpreted this from head coach Daryl Sutter on Wednesday after practice uh, on the text line, Wes, whatever. This is what head coach Daryl Sutter had to say. Uh, I believe it was... um, TSN Salamvalji, who asked the question about, you know, just how has the goaltending been? How would you evaluate the goaltending of late? And here's what Daryl Sutter had to say. I think we've given up too many goals against. So if you look at it, our, uh, you know, our save percentage is not where it needs to be. That's clear, right? And, you know, we've given up the second few shots in the NHL. So you really should have, we should have a better record, but that's, that's past. You got to deal with it. You know, we need, we need Marky to get, to get hot. You know, he's hot. You know, he's such a great teammate and great guy. Now he's got to really put his foot on it. So do you anticipate him getting more of a workload uh, as you try to get him hot heading forward? Or? Absolutely. I mean, if you're in a series, that's how you got to look at it, right? We're playing, playing playoff games. So how did you interpret that from the head coach? Well, I think if you pick up on the last part, what I'm hearing is if the Calgary Flames are going to be in a series of any sort at the end of this season, it's going to be Jacob Marstrom carrying them there. And and this is a team that doesn't need, they don't need their goalie, I don't feel, to consistently steal them games, but they need Jacob Marstrom to be a number one caliber goalie down the stretch, and what I take away from what we heard from 
Coach Daryl Sutter today is that he's going to get every opportunity to show he can do that. I just, I'm a little leery about it just because of the way the season has gone this year. And I, I get the argument that says he's our $6 million guy. He is paid as our number one. It's crunch time. It's time for us to get on a roll. And if we're going to make the playoffs, we're going to put our faith in Jacob. We're going to put our money in his bank. And we're going to rely on the guy that we signed in October 2020 to be our number one guy for the better part of the next decade. Um, And I understand that. But I also look at it, and his last start was a start that you came away from saying, geez, you know, two shots on two goals and you're down two nothing. And, you know, it, it was tough to dig out of that hole against Colorado on Saturday night. And and I know that Vladar allowed two on five and got pulled after one period. I think it was two on five or two on four, whatever it was, but got pulled after 20 minutes against Boston. I'm very well aware of that. And I know that goaltending period has not held up its end of the bargain coming out of the all-star break. I just look at an 887 save percentage, and, and when I think about meritocracy, I I just am not ready to anoint or give torch to any one of these goal either one of these goaltenders yet. I still think it's important for one of them to prove it. So I fully get where Daryl Sutter's coming from. I fully get where you're coming from. I fully get where Derek Wills was coming from on our Flames Talk postgame or where Lou was coming from on the Flames Talk postgame. I, I just think it's more important for one of these guys to actually prove it, that they can take it, run with it, and be the guy as opposed to making the declaration before either guy has. That's that's just where I am, but I'll say this. If Jacob does do it, hey, I'll be the first one to say that was the right call. I was wrong. They they made the right decision because I've been wrong once or twice in my life, and so I'm used to admitting when I'm wrong. Uh, so that's one, but number two, if if it happens, Flames will give themselves a chance. If if Jacob can be I go back to to Mike Smith down the stretch in 2019. The one problem the Flames had not problem, but the one area that maybe wasn't the strongest when the Flames won the West in 1819, they were not a super strong goaltending team that year. But Mike Smith took it, and by the end of that season, he had kind of wrestled back the number one spot from David Riddick, and he started all five games against Colorado and earned all five of those games against Colorado. If Jacob can do something similar, then maybe they'll have an opportunity to play four games or more come the postseason. So while it's not what I would do, I would continue to go on merit and what have you done for me lately and see if one of these guys can earn a run. If this works, the Flames will give them a chance, give themselves a chance to be in the playoffs for a second consecutive year. I I think it's important to remember that given the choice, Daryl Sutter would rather give you his banking pin number than the name of his starting goalie for the next game. Which leads me to believe that in Daryl Sutter's mind, and, and this guy is one of the best button pushers in NHL history, yep. it leads me to believe that he thinks Jacob Markstrom needed to hear what he said today more than anybody. Because I'm not totally convinced, just like I wasn't totally convinced when Daryl Sutter announced that Dan Vladar was going to play once a week. 
I'm certainly not convinced that this puck stopping plan is written in stone. Right. But Jacob Markstrom is, in my eyes, their best bet moving forward. And that is as much as anything because Dan Vladar, quite frankly, has stunk for the last few weeks. He had a great run, right? He ties the franchise record, 13 game points streak. Since the All-Star break, he's really struggled. Yep. He has, hang on, I have it here in front of me somewhere. He has an 831 save percentage and a 3.72 goals against average since the All-Star. How starts, is that four or five? Five. Five. So it's been six and five. Yeah. We're talking about a guy who can't find it right now. And so, yeah, you you don't have a great option. I remember watching Daryl Sutter's availability from Colorado and, and he was asked by our buddy Eric Francis about starting Markstrom and, and he kind of said easy with the buddy term. You know, let's not throw that around so loose. Our peer Eric <laughs> Francis. <laughs> he should be so lucky to be our peer. <laughs> you owe me that 20 bucks, pal. Buddy. And his answer was essentially, <laughs> well, we had to pick one. That's not, you know, that's hardly a boost of confidence for either goalie. And yeah. so I wonder if what we heard today, he's a great teammate. He's got to get hot. We we need him. Maybe that was what Jacob Markstrom needed to hear. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it works. And and as I said in the last segment when we were chatting with Wilsey, I don't know what it looks like if Austin Matthews hangs a few on him tomorrow night. I don't know that it's guaranteed that he gets the start on Saturday. But... I think this is all part of building Jacob Markstrom back up. Yeah. I'm going to hear from both goalies in a second. Let me uh, read you a few texts at 969.60. Uh, this reads, 21 games left. Flip-flopping between the two isn't working. Give it to the guy who's done it. They've been waiting for someone to earn it all year, and here we are. Time to see if Markey can get some confidence knowing he has nothing to lose. And that, that is essentially what they're doing. Nobody has, on merit, grabbed it final quarter they're going to go to the guy that has the track record and you know how big a fan of Markstrom I am and how adamant I am that I do believe that this is an off year and not the beginning of a downfall or the beginning of the end for Jacob because I don't believe that I'm just not myself ready to anoint one guy but I in saying that I understand the logic and a couple of really good starts in a row might get me there pretty quickly um This says, um, oh my goodness, Pat, you're leery about everything. You're sounding cranky. Maybe some encouragement instead of negative white noise would be helpful. You know, it's funny because I sent that one. That was, oh, that was you? Yeah. Wes, again? Sorry, it was, I thought it was supposed to be anonymous. I have the number right there. Um, You know, I, I get, I get called a I get called a homer quite a bit too, so I don't know what to take. I'm a homer who's too neg. I don't know. I don't know how to deal with this. It's cranky, a lot of- cranky homer Pat Steinberg. Yep. that deserves merch. Negative, negative against the team. Homer always positive. Pat. Oof. No wonder I have anxiety. Uh, this uh, this reads. Two weeks ago, Flames need to run out Vladar more. He's got to get more starts. Today, Markstrom needs to be the number one guy. We can't put their season on Vladar. You guys look like dummies. I'm switching over to Jack FM for the rest of the night. Let, uh, let, me, let me jump in on that one for yeah. a second, though. I did, by the way, respond to him and to ask if he could uh, request some lover boy for me. 
And then he said, I'm still here. I did, you called my bluff. Which I appreciate. A little working for the weekend, uh, perhaps? I, I wanted love in every minute of it. Okay, well, that's fair. I think what's changed in two weeks is that Dan Vladar has not taken advantage of that opportunity. If, if we're sitting here after that conversation that we'd had, and Dan Vladar was giving this team the sort of goaltending that he gave them when we were saying that, that's one thing. Dan Vladar... And listen, when you're a backup goalie, you don't get a really long opportunity to prove you can be the number one guy. But Dan Vladar got an opportunity. And here we are today. Yep. And it's not because he played the lights out. I just wonder if there's opportunity to let it happen a couple more times with Dan. That's all. And and I get it that it has not been great in the starts that he's had from the All-Star break. And that's when... I think the opportunity was at its most seizable. And I think that it's hard for a guy who's never had that opportunity mindset-wise to be, there's a lot of pressure all of a sudden. And you've been playing with a safety net by the name of Jacob Markstrom for quite a while. I love Dan Vladar. I think he has got number one chops, whether it's on this team or another team. I I absolutely believe it. But a lot of times when you get that opportunity, this is why I'm so against Dustin Wolf going in and getting that opportunity because it's tough to, now you're a number one goalie in the NHL or you've got the opportunity to seize being a number one guy. I'm very much of the opinion, nope, I'm not letting Dustin Wolf anywhere near this thing right now. They don't, you don't, this has been a mess all year. Insulate your top prospects, especially goaltending top prospects from messes like this. You know, Matt Coronado is a little different. Because I think you got to sign him. I think that you know there's a very, very good chance, based on everything that I I have heard and and everything that everybody that you talk to, I think there's a very good chance that we will see Coronado play or or sign with this group and potentially play games this year, depending on the way things are going. I think it's very different with Wolf. I'm all for keeping him in the extremely positive environment that is the Calgary Wranglers right now. Yeah, me too. This is a a team in front of whoever the starting goaltender is that is short on confidence and short on finish. Not a great combo. Yep. Now, Flames clinch, and they've got four games to go, or Flames are eliminated, and they've got four or five games to go all day. Dustin Wolf deserves time to give him that that carrot, that reward all day. I just think to, th- to bring him in now into what has been a really tumultuous environment and to put the fate of their season on a 21-year-old kid's shoulders in a league that eats up young goaltenders and spits them out with no regard on the reg, I just I don't think that's the way to go. Well, and, and, and you can't say his season's back on track based on what happened in 44 minutes and 55 seconds last night, but yeah. I quite liked what Jacob Markstrom I did, did for the Calgary Flames and, and when I he thought, went into that and game. And I thought that he, you know, based on my whole, what have you done for me lately? I'm 100%, 10 times out of 10, I'm going to Jacob against Toronto. I'm just not ready to say, I'm then going to Jacob against Minnesota, regardless of what happens, right? Yeah, that's fair. Let's let's hear from Jacob today, because it was interesting stuff. So, he he spoke a little bit about the team and where they are, but then got asked a couple of questions about the way that he's played and some of the struggles that he's had this year, and and... Look, he's, I think he's tied for the league lead in allowing sh- goals on the first shot. He's done that seven times. 
tied with uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, I believe, of the Florida Panthers. Here's uh, Jacob Markstrom. He addressed that and, and some of his struggles so far this season. You notice it when you're, you're back there and you don't want it to happen. But, you know, when it happens, uh, you just got to move on and try to stop the next one. And then if that goes in, you're going to have to stop the next one and so on. It's, uh, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. You, we, we just got to come up with some saves. And, uh, but, you know, if it's first, you know, shot one and two or shot 40 and 41 or 30 and 31, it's still two goals. And, you know, obviously you don't want to start behind and start chasing the game because, you know, I feel like we're, you know, it's always easier to play with a lead than it is uh, behind. What do you, is, is it sort of changing a little bit technically or how do you approach it when things maybe haven't gone your way midway through the season? Is it kind of remaking the wheel or sticking with what got you here type of thing? Yeah, I don't think I, you know, I'm not going to switch to, a, you know, ride a glove or, you know, three, two blockers or three blockers. Uh, you, you have to, you know, stick to it and you, you just got to work on details and work on the game and, you know, trust it's, uh, you know, the goalie position is, you know, so much more mental than, than a lot of people think. And, uh, you know, it's the confidence level. you got to start building it in, in the gym and start building it in practice. There's Jacob Markstrom from earlier on Wednesday. Uh, look, he's uh, trying to think of the right word to describe the demeanor that we see from Jacob. Defiant? Is that a good way of putting it? Is it um, fiery? In- I, you know what? It's intense. Jacob very is in, intense. Very intense when he's speaking to us these days, which again, I respect uh, and, and I love it. It's one of the things that I really, really appreciate about this player because I think it's what drives him and I think it's one of his strongest qualities. And much like all of our individual strongest qualities, I think sometimes it can be a double-edged sword. I think all of the things that make us, that, that you would point to if you're doing a character self-character assessment, the things that you put as your number one strength a lot of times can also be a big-time I don't want to say weakness, but it can be a double-edged sword for you sometimes. And I think Jacob's intensity can sometimes get him really intense when things aren't going his way. Um, but that he—he is—he's as dialed to eleven as I've ever seen him, at least from what we get to see. We're not in the locker room, and and I'm always the first to—I try to point that out as much as I can. You can tell me all you want about teammate relations or this guy's not vocal enough or that we have no idea we're not in there and and even those of us with the privilege of being able to to cover this league on a daily basis we don't know and I would never try to profess to say that I do know and can speak to that dynamic all I can go on is three years of covering Jacob two years in person and uh he's he's as intense and dialed to 11 as as I can ever remember him yeah and let let me just make a couple of points I think when you watch the Jacob Markstrom media scrums of the Southam, I think they can almost come across right now as a little bit confrontational. And and as a reporter, I want to acknowledge the sort of challenge that it can be when, because goalies are don't talk on game days, and, and just because of the nature of the schedule, Almost every interview you've seen with Jacob Markstrom this season has revolved around his struggles. When he's chatting with us, the questions are typically, where's your confidence at? You know, how how are you dealing with the number of first shot goals? These these are fair questions, but there there's a little bit of of an intensity and uh you know, it sometimes looks like he doesn't want to be there and I'm sure 
in this pressure park packed market, he he is tired of some of the questions that come with it. And, and so I think you heard a little bit of that frustration today. And the other thing, and a couple people have pointed this out on the text line, and I think it's so important to to bring up. Congratulations, by the way, to to Jacob and to Amanda. They welcomed their first child earlier this week. Yep. Jacob Markstrom hasn't just been under pressure at the rink. You know, Jacob Markstrom has been awaiting this arrival of his first child. It's something I don't have experience with. It's something you don't have experience with. But as far as I know, <laughs> but we can all imagine and lots of people who do have experience with it are nodding along saying, yeah, that's a that's a life changing event. And so there's been a lot going on. Jacob Markstrom, more than anything, wants to prove that he can be the guy to carry the Calgary Flames into the playoffs. Based on the body of work over the last five months, I'm not sure we've necessarily seen evidence of that, but it sure sounds today like he's going to get a chance to show it. Here's uh, Dan Vladar, who also spoke with us after practice on Wednesday. He knows that goaltending has taken a bit of a dip. Uh, he knows that his game has taken a bit of a dip. He obviously got pulled. He was asked about, you know, did you agree? I think it was uh, your uh, your coworker, colleague, uh, DA, Danny Austin, asked him, like, so, so you agreed with the decision to, you know, to make the switch? He said, I didn't really. I was told Jacob's coming in. It's like, I, it is what it is. That doesn't go to a vote. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. Typically, I always assumed it was like picking captains in uh, Adam. I don't think. I now again, I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know. I can't. Maybe I can't that could speak. be the next thing to picking goalies. You know, send the send the ice cream bucket around, and you all put put the number in. Popularity contest. Just a thought. Uh, here's Dan Vladar. He talked a little bit about he's really confident in the position. He's really confident in Jacob, and he's confident in the tandem of him and Jacob being able to turn things around. There's nothing to crack. We're, our mentality is still the same. We're trying to stop every single puck. You know, it's just unfortunate. So the, the first shot, but it's uh, there is nothing in our heads. You know, we're still doing, trying to do the same thing, and uh, we're doing our our best. And I think the group inside, and they know that uh, you know that we are there to uh, give our team a chance. And uh, it's just it might be a stack, but you know it's nothing to worry about for us. But you just gotta keep doing the same thing. Try try to stop every single puck, and uh, we are doing that. So. Uh, it's there's there's nothing more I can say about that. You and uh, you and Jacob built a pretty good relationship going back to last year. When when maybe things aren't going as well, how how does that relationship help between you two? It's still the same. I mean, even more. You know, we're trying to support each other even more. And uh, I see uh, this uh, season has hasn't been that great, but at the same time, we still have a chance. And we're doing the. I think we're working even harder than last year. And uh, I think that. We both got even better than last year. It's just you know we don't get the results yet, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna come, and we are doing our best to uh, to uh, to prove it in those games. How do how does he pick you up? How do you pick him up in, in times that are good, times that are bad? Um, I mean, it's literally, we just, we just trying to stay positive between us, us, us two or us three or four with uh, Barbs and Siggy, and uh, you know we're just a little group inside a group. So, uh, as I said, like uh, we're supporting each other, and uh, you know, 
every time when I let let in a bad one or one I want to have back, Marquis always telling me to you know to let it go and uh, just keep focusing on the next shot. And that's our mentality. And you know that's what we we still have 20 games left, and we are about four or five points from the playoffs. So I don't think it's it's uh, nothing alarming. We just gotta still do the same thing, and we are super positive in the group. And uh, I know that we can we can do it. So there's uh, Dan Vladar uh, after practice on Wednesday as well. Uh, I don't think that whatever happens here, however they go about their their goaltending plan, and however many starts Dan and Jacob get in the final 21, you always know that, that the, the attitude, you know, I, I really appreciate the way both guys go about their business. And it's it's very, the, the demeanors can be very different sometimes, and I appreciate, appreciate them both. And, you know, I, I think that what you heard there, and, and Jacob's talked about this before as well, they they do see themselves as kind of as, as Dan said, kind of the team within the team. Those two and the two goaltending specialists and Jordan Sigalette and and Jason LaBarbera and and you know whatever happens, I, I think that that's at the very least there's uh, there's a pretty good dynamic there between those two guys and and them as a tandem. I don't think anything's changing in that regard. No, totally agree with you there. And maybe the other team within a team could give them a little bit more run support. Because, yeah, the first goals have been an issue. But these guys need some offensive support as well. The overall narrative about goaltending, while at times fair, it is it has not been one of their strengths this year. But there have been lots of areas that have also not been strengths. They, they've also had a big swing in terms of goals per game and the amount that they're able to, to score and finish. That swing, there's two things. The amount of goals per game they're allowing, their team save percentage, the swing from near the top of the league to near the bottom of the league, and their swing in terms of goals scored. And I think sometimes the goaltending, because it is such a hot-button, specialized position, sometimes it takes more of the spotlight than it should compared to other issues. But it is not the only issue that has gotten the Flames to where they are right now because just as, to your point, uh, you made it in, in the first hour of, of this Wednesday program, they had 39 shots through 40, through 40 minutes. And as good, Linus Allmark was not an issue for Boston, but they still had one goal on 39 shots. And there were some incredible stops by Allmark. His pads were on fire, but there, you know, there was a couple of quick chest stops in there too. You're like, okay, you know, the, right into the crest isn't always the, the way to go. That, that finishing has been an issue as well this year. And, and significant you, issue. And you can go absolutely a significant issue that, that is highlighted. If you get one more goal, it's not as much pressure on the goalie. So that, that lack of finish has certainly highlighted the lack of saves. But you can go through last night as much as any other game on the what-ifs. What if they take advantage of some of their offensive opportunities? That game might be over after 40 minutes. What if Michael Backlund doesn't take a careless, I would characterize it as, offensive zone penalty in the third period of a game you're leading? What if Nikita Zadorov hangs back instead of trying to knock someone's socks off on the penalty kill? What if Elias Lindholm doesn't get caught cheating on the overtime winner? It's easy or the two for, other guys don't chase behind the net. It's easy for us to sit here and criticize the goalies, and there's been a lot of days where it's warranted but there's a lot of things that could have gone differently last night 
that we might not be having this discussion today. Yep. Or this season. Absolutely. Hey, one one good news note from yes. last night. I think this is pretty cool. Blake Coleman last night scores his 100th goal in the National Hockey League. First Texas-trained player to hit that number. So Brian Leach was born in Corpus Christi and was still in diapers when his family moved to Connecticut. But Blake Coleman, proud of his Plano roots, comes up through the, the Dallas Stars elite AAA program. First kid from Texas to score 100 goals in the NHL. Actually scribbled 100 on his stick last night because he was so confident he was going to finally get it. I know it's tough to focus on any positives after last night, but that's a pretty cool accomplishment. So congrats to Blake Coleman. Yeah, it's pretty neat. He's a pretty easy guy to cheer for. And you've got you've got a couple of uh, leading state scorers. You've got Blake Coleman, the leading first-ever Texas-trained player to 100 goals. And you've got Walker Dewar, the leading scorer all-time from South Dakota. Ru- running away with it. More than triple? Yeah, I think it's at least triple from the... Good on Blake. That's awesome. He's uh, He has been a quality signing in his two years as a member of the Calgary Flames. He has been, of all their unrestricted free agent signings, he would be near the, in, in Bradshaw Living's tenure, I'd put him right near the top in terms of exactly what they brought him in for, he's given him. He has, as advertised, the things that they wanted him to do and the reason they brought him in, He's come in and executed. Secondary scoring, check. Defensive uh, and, and kind of the, the, the two-way responsibilities, check. The details that help you win games, the small chips off boards, stick positioning, check. The penalty killing, acumen, check. And the experience, the leadership, the edge that comes with being a two-time Stanley Cup champion, check. Blake Coleman has been as advertised since they've brought him in. I think you could say that with Tanev. I look at, you know, Derek Ryan, Michael Froelich. Those are some of the guys that over the t- over the years in terms of UFAs that they've brought in have lived up to exactly what they were looking for. And if we're sitting here in six weeks talking about a Flames team, <clears throat> excuse me, that is getting ready for a playoff series, Blake Coleman is going to be one of those unsung, unsung sorts that help them get there. They're, they're going to need those sort of glue guys to come up big down the stretch or they're going to end on the wrong side of the cutoff, which is where they sit right now. Yep. Uh, He is Wes. My name is Pat. This is Flames Talk. We're underway this hour, and we're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. They're all things basement. Visit dlbasementsystemscalgary.com. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Talking your team right now. Flames Talk is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op with new product families, member rewards and sale events. You'll find more quality, more savings in every department every day 
at Calgary Co-op. As we continue along on this Wednesday edition of Flames Talk, this hour rolls on. It's time to say hello to our Wednesday friend. Uh, he's a friend every day of the week, but uh, he is our on-air friend on Wednesday. Jonathan Davis of NHL Network and NHL Network Radio. Our Pacific Division Insider joins us right now as uh, things are swirling in this division and lots of movement and maybe more to come. What's going on, J.D.? Oh, man, Pat, it was a long, a long day and long night last night. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's good times. And, uh, you know, that 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 whopper with L.A. was uh, was something that, you know, I, considering what they sent back was surprising because not only any of us expected Jonathan Quick to uh, to be a guy going, uh, yeah. you know, leaving this organization. Well, let's start there, and and I believe, just want to give some credit where it's due, I believe uh, you were the first one out there with, uh, hey, watch out for something uh, between Columbus and Los Angeles. I saw that uh, an hour or two before the deal came out, so I just wanted to give some credit there. No, I'm sorry. I'd like to take the credit. I actually thought it was going to be Nashville. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, then uh, we'll take that credit away from you. Um, (laughs) Tell us about the fit of Corpusalo and Gavrikov on this Kings team? Well, it is a really good fit. I mean, it's something that, that Los Angeles definitely needed, and I think arguably amongst the teams that are, you know, in the Pacific Division that are in a playoff spot, they arguably have the best – I think they, they got the best goalie. Uh, I mean, Corpusalo's numbers, you know, since December have been off the charts, and if you take a look at, you know, his, his one year in the playoffs, I mean – you know, his numbers, we have like a 940 save percentage and a, you know, microscopic goals against average. So he, he absolutely improves this team. I mean, that's been their downfall. They, their, their, um, their offense has been stellar. They just haven't been able to get enough saves uh, on, on a lot of nights. So that helps them. They, you know, they get uh, a guy in Gavrikov who, you know, a left shot D, something that Rob Blake has been trying to get for quite some time, but let's, you know, so for, for the immediate, uh, the present, this is a really good deal, Pat. Uh, there's no, there's no argument there. The, the question that I have, Pat, is that what happens beyond this year? Um, and, you know, many times I'll say, you know, you, you, you play for now and you'll, you sort those things out later. Um, but um, I, I think that it's just, it, it is something where, you know, Los Angeles, uh, you know they've got they've got themselves in a tough spot beyond this year, but I, I guess let's not get too hung up on the other big part of this was Jonathan Quick and the way you know this, this was something where you know he didn't expect it. Yeah, uh, was on the call today with Rob Blake, and you know it was it was it was it was very tough. This was probably the hardest trade that Rob Blake has had to make. And you know when I asked him about you know how the conversation went with Jonathan Quick, I said you know and you know talk about the conversations with your leadership group. And he said, you know, they were shocked and disappointed. Um, and then I asked Rob, I said, look, you know, normally, you know, March 16th, a Thursday night uh, against Columbus wouldn't mean much at crypto.com, but, you know, talk about what it's going to mean like, you know, this time around and kind of got a little emotional. So it, it, this is really tough. It's a tough, it's a tough day for Rob Blake. Um, and I'm sure a tougher day for, for Jonathan Quick. And the Kings uh, weren't weren't done loading up on goalies. Uh, Eddie Portillo from Buffalo as well. That's a weird one, Pat. I'll tell you. So this is a guy. He's six six. He's the starting goalie at the University of Michigan. Um, 
he's been really mediocre this year and he's an impending free agent. And, uh, you know, he was good the year before, but right now this is a guy that's got a 900 save percentage on a really good Michigan hockey team. I'm not sure why the Kings felt they had to give up a third round draft pick for him, why they couldn't have signed him in the off season as a free agent. But, you know, so essentially look, they, you know, they've given up a first and a third for next year's draft. This is their goalie of the future. Um, I just had, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, to me, it's just a bit of a, a head scratcher um, right now, but we'll, we'll see down the road. It's Eric Portillo who they brought in uh, in that trade as well. Um, Okay, so that's uh, not Eddie. Um, that's like the third time I've been just awful with first and last names today. Uh, okay. okay to... I called him Vladimir Gavrikov uh, last night in an interview and then quickly corrected myself. So it's okay. I'm with you. <laughs> um, Vegas, they've made a deal on this Wednesday with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Teddy Bluger on his way from Pittsburgh to Vegas. Yeah, I mean, another, you know, a guy that, you know, Vegas is, I think, trying to add some edge to their roster. I think I feel it's something that, that they're missing. Uh, you know, look, they, to me, they still need scoring help. There's no question about it. It's, they've been challenged at times offensively. Um, but right now that may be, you know, this may be the easier add. Uh, so, you know, now you bring in Barbashev, you bring in Bluger, and you're hoping that you've got some guys that come playoff time make you tougher to play against. So, yeah, it's not anything that's going to put you over the top, but they are some good complementary pieces that, you know, that Kelly McCrimmon has added to this team. I, uh, I'm, I'm really, they, they have not gone out as of yet and made that huge splash. Bluger, Barbashev, as you mentioned, are more of the, they're, they're not bad ads. They're impact moves, but they're right. not those massive moves not Eichel from last year. It's not what the Rangers or Maple Leafs have done. It's interesting the way Kelly McCrimmon's going about his business. And maybe, you know, there, there's a lot yeah. of talk about them maybe looking in net as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, I, I think a guy like, like James Van, Van Riensdyk would be a, a really good add for them. You know, I, I, again, it's a matter of what that price is going to be and, and what, what Vegas really has left to trade. Um so, you know, a guy like, like Van Riemsdyk, I think, would be a good fit. You know, I would even look at, at, at your team and, and you know, if, if Tyler Toffoli was available, you know, what that price tag would be. It, it may be out of their price range, but I think that Vegas needs that, that type of player for them to have any type of significant run. From a goalie perspective, Pat, I think, you know, I, I've had a lot of pushback from people in Vegas, you know, because I've said, hey, look, they need a goalie. And... Uh, you know, Dave Pagnota from the fourth period uh, said that uh, there, there's been some talk about Jonathan Quick. Uh, you know, Dave does a really good job reporting. Would never want to say that hey, you're you're wrong. I, my only my only thought would be is that anybody who's watched Jonathan Quick play, I mean, you're not. Why would you trade for him? I mean, this is a guy that you know, despite you know winning three in a row prior to that loss against the Rangers over the weekend. You know, his save percentage has been under 800 in all those three wins. And it was, what, three goals or, or four goals on seven shots against the Rangers. I mean, you don't, you don't want to have it. That, that's not a guy that I could see them adding. And, you know, everything, I guess, is really determined upon the health of, of Logan Thompson. Uh, you know, Bossois went down again. So, you know, yes, you are left with Aiden Hill and Michael Hutchinson, and, and that's not very comforting. So I, I just don't think Jonathan Quick is the answer. 
I can I, I I understand that. When I saw it was a bit of a head scratcher when I saw that as well. Uh Jonathan Davis, he's our Pacific Division insider. He joins us Wednesdays here on Flames Talk. Uh Edmonton gets their guy. They they wanted a shutdown defenseman. They got a left shot shutdown defenseman by the name of uh, Matthias Eckholm. Uh at, that that's their guy. And and we wondered if it was going to be Chikrin. We wondered if it was going to be Gavrikov. It ends up being Matthias Eckholm from the Predators. Yeah, I really like that. A, a great addition to that team. And it cost him Tyson Berry, a guy that's, you know, been very popular in that room. And that's tough. That's that's tough. Uh, but they, they definitely bolster their blue line. I, I will tell you, Pat, when I see what the price tag was for Corpus Allo with Los Angeles, I, 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 I wonder if Ken Holland ever kicked the tires on trying to get Corpus Allo. And, for me, you know, when I because when you look at that this Oilers team, look at where they are offense-wise. What num, no one scored more goals than the Oilers this year, and they're leaking goals. And I, I just think that Corpus Allo would have been an upgrade, and, and I would have made a deal where I would have sent Stuart Skinner, see if I could, you know, send Skinner and something to get Corpus Allo. And I, I just I have to believe that that considering what what the package was from. Los Angeles, I think that's something that could have worked. I wonder if that was something that they ever explored. Um, and that's fair. Um, and and you can understand why with the way things have gone at that position this year. What's what's going on in Anaheim? They're they're holding out a uh, pair of defensemen for the ever popular trade related reasons. Yeah, and you know, it, it, look, it, no no surprise that that. Uh, that uh, John uh, that John Klingberg is being held out, or and, and Kulikov. I mean, these are guys that were both brought in with the idea that they would be moved. I just wonder what you know Klingberg's value is definitely not what it once was, but uh, you know I, I can't see him staying here for another year. It just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. So uh, I I don't know. Like if I'm a team like Seattle, you know I, I almost wonder is is that is that a player that would help them for a run this year. Is that a guy, either one, I think they could use some help on the blue line. I don't think they're going to add, you know, add a goalie. I still think they could use some, some help down the middle. I wonder if a guy like Nick Bukestad in, in Arizona is a guy that, that would be on their radar. But I, I, you know, there are a lot of teams that, you know, have been looking for defensemen. A lot of them have gone off the market. I think that Seattle, I, for me, those types of players would be a good fit for Ron Francis and his group. And, and, Seattle, like that, you think regardless, Seattle's still looking to add, hey? Yeah, but not like I, I don't think that they're looking to, to mortgage the future by any stretch. And and Klingberg would, you know, Klingberg's not going to cost you what he what he would have cost you right. three or four months ago. Nick Bukestad's not going to cost you a lot. I think. Look, Seattle is what thirtieth in faceoffs this year. They could use some help down the middle. I think Bukestad would be would be a good addition for them. So that's that's another guy. Another guy that I think Pat, you know, we were talking about Vegas earlier. I wonder if Nick Schmaltz is a fit there. Yeah, sounds like he might be available as well from Arizona with a, a pretty palatable contract uh, at that and some term on it as well. Uh, JD, appreciate it as always. Uh, next week when we talk, the deadline frenzy will have been done. We can look back and analyze uh, some new fits potentially in the Pacific Division once again. Thanks for doing this as always, hey? Hey, my pleasure. And I really feel bad. I missed out on your post-game show last night. I had some other 
responsibilities. I would have loved to have been a listener. Well, it's available wherever you get your podcast. Just if you're interested, it's on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. If you'd like to go give it a try. I I have to believe it was highly entertaining. I I felt sick to my stomach for your for for that team last night. It was uh it was a rather uh emotional uh another emotional edition of our yeah. Flames Talk post game. Yeah. That is a very w- good right. way of putting it. Uh talk to you next week, pal. All right. All right, take care. Thanks JD. Jonathan Davis is our Pacific Division insider. He joins us every Wednesday inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. The beer tastes better when it's bought from the place that cheers for your team. Visit your local Calgary Co-op Wine Spirits Beer today. Catch Jonathan on Twitter at West Coast HKY or uh, catch him on NHL Network and NHL Network Radio. As we start to wrap up this hour, he is Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg. We will uh, see you Thursday at the Dome. Uh, We've got one more show, one more day of Flames Talk before we're breaking down what they may or may not have done at the trade deadline. So it's uh, a very strange lead up to the deadline. I can't remember one quite like this for the Flames where you truly didn't know what they were going to do. And tomorrow, the return of Mark Giordano, now the NHL's all-time leader in block shots. That's very true. I forgot the... You know what? And I'm not ignoring your question. I have no clue what they're going to do either. They're going to boo Gio every time he touches the puck. You just watch. No, they're not. Uh, One of the absolute all-time great flames. What a beauty. It'll be good to see Gio back in the Dome. This this will be the first time we see him at the Dome as a member of the Leafs? I want to say yes. No, 100% it is. 100% because the Leafs came here. Leafs came here last year when we were still at half capacity. So... Right. That was well before the deadline. So, yeah, this will be the first time Geo's at the Dome as a member of the Leafs. We've seen him as a member of the Kraken, but not as a member of the Maple Leafs. So. Based on the way this week has gone, I would say everyone else on the Maple Leafs, it's their first time in Calgary it's with that team. Also fair. Pretty close. Very, very close. Uh, go get Flames Talk wherever you get your podcasts. For Wes, for Cam, and for Taylor, our producers, I'm Pat. This has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.